0: It's Tuesday at 8pm and you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and you're very welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and on tonight's programme I have two fantastic guests for you who are going to put us all in the festive mood. Firstly, I'm delighted to be welcoming back our resident wine expert. Yes, Ron Forrestal joins us on the programme tonight and he'll be sharing his wine recommendations for the Christmas dinner as well as making some gifting suggestions. Then we're off to Dublin to talk to events guru Avril Bannerton who has curated and collaborated with some very well-known faces to create a festive extravaganza known as Christmas in the Courtyard. But before we hear from our guests, a reminder that you can make contact with me by emailing me s.noonan at live.ie or you can tweet me at Queen of Org as in Queen of Organisation and I'm also on Instagram at Sharon J. Noonan. So my first guest this evening has been a regular on the programme over the years. Ron Forrestal from Forrestal Wine Merchants is a barrel full of knowledge when it comes to wine and tonight he joins us from his warehouse in Listole to share his Christmas wine and gift recommendations.
1: Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm.
0: Ron, great to have you back on the programme and I don't think there's a more opportune time of the year to talk about wines than at Christmas because it is a bit of a minefield whenever it comes to entertaining at Christmas pairing wines to different foods that we have at this time of year and you have a huge warehouse there in Listowel, just full of everything that we need for this Christmas.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Christmas is a very important time to us. Um, We're mainly a restaurant, hotel uh, wine supplier uh, and this is their time of the year. Uh, So we're really looking forward to it. It's been a great year so far. Uh, Christmas looks very good. Um, So uh, it should be it should be excellent. Uh, wine is very important, obviously, at uh, this time of year because food becomes so important, and the two go together. So, absolutely.
0: Uh, well, let's start with the Christmas dinner. Um, like starters, main course, dessert, cheese boards, and I'm sure there's other people have a few different courses thrown in there. They might do the whole twelve course thing, but the likes of the turkey and the ham, the turkey in particular, and I know you've said this before on the program, it's a very bland food. So, you know, you need a really good yeah. wine to go with it.
1: You do. I suppose there's a few, few things to keep in mind. Um, the fact that it's lunch, uh, even though maybe a little bit later than lunch would normally be. Um, it's probably important not to get the alcohol levels too high at that point of the day. Now, that's not as easy as it used to be because the, the with the the climate changing worldwide and, and uh, the, the temperatures getting higher means that there's more sugar in the in the grapes naturally and that's what turns into alcohol. So you'll find wines from 20 years ago would have been 11, 11.5, 12%, whereas now most of the reds are up on 12.5, 13, 13.5 and some of the Italians could be up on 15. So I think it's important to try and find something that's a little bit lighter, particularly when you're talking about reds. But as for the dinner itself, I think it's a matter of just getting something people will really like, easy to drink um we talked about track before as you said it's, it's not it's not an easy food to match anything with because it's it's it is pretty light on flavor but there's huge other flavors on the dinner generally um when you have stuffing and you have cranberry very rich sauce probably and uh, a variety of vegetables and ham so i would pick something light for a red uh, pinot noir uh, french pinot noir if possible beautiful wine very delicate lovely to drink at that time of the day if you like to drink white with it which is perfectly perfectly fine as well I'd go for Chardonnay definitely no no Chardonnay is perfect with it opposed to a Sauvignon Blanc um, and I think those two work well obviously there's a load of other courses probably a load of other food and if you're getting to a cheese board at the very end you're probably looking for something a bit more um with a more punch uh, a deeper red or maybe even a port a late bottle vintage port which is beautiful but again I suppose the secret is not to, not to have too much of those because it is Pretty high in
0: alcohol. Yeah, I always say it's a marathon, not a sprint. And it can it can start quite early in the day if you're up very early, either with maybe children or doing something for a dinner and hosting the dinner. And like I personally do, like um, a little bit of prosecco with freshly squeezed orange juice in it um, to tip away at. But you can end up really drinking quite a lot over the course of the day.
1: Yes yeah and and you know we've we've some non-alcoholic products which we've arranged from from Blitz, a german range which we've used for the last four or five years uh, very nice products uh, listen they're not wine you know there's no alcohol so you're missing that kick that you get from wine which is what the alcohol does but they have a couple of lovely sparklings really nice um um original sparkling which is a riesling and then they have a rosé which is really really nice full of bubble ideal uh, actually if, if if you're during the day i suppose you have to think about as well as that it is a very long day um you know th- th- there's there's no point falling asleep at seven o'clock you may as well try and try and get as much as you can out of it but they're lovely uh they look very well not overly expensive they're well worth a try but they're not wine just to make that very clear they do the best they can
0: and it's nice to have something like that in the house for people that might call that don't drink or they're driving and they can't have a drink
1: Oh, I think absolutely, and, and, and that's, you'll see that now, we would have sold a few bottles of a uh, of few cases of, of non-alcoholic wine a month, maybe three, four years ago, but uh, now, this time of year, you'll find that most orders that are going to restaurants will have a few bottles of something non-alcoholic, because they want that, and they don't want it to be you know, with some, giving someone a soft drink or offering them sparkling water, it's just much nicer to have something that people feel like they're taking part and that it's a, and it's a good product. It has a lot of taste and, you know, it's, it looks well in a glass. And I think those things are very important. And there's a lot of people are very health conscious and that um, these work out very well. And it allows you to have a couple of glasses of wine with dinner than opposed to having, um, you know, Prosecco or Champagne that early in the day. So it's well worth a try, absolutely.
0: And I think this year people are going to go all out because we've no restrictions on as compared to the past couple mm-hmm. of years because of COVID. So people are going to go all out with the food, with the wine and um, maybe pairing different wines to each course of uh, the the dinner. And you were talking there about port and the cheese and you have a lovely dessert wine um, and it, it's part of the NED mm-hmm. collection.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. The dessert wine is... is... You know, it's a very traditional, very French kind of um, um, product that's been, you know, restaurants and Michelin star restaurants would, would, would use it quite a lot. But what's happened is the New World, uh, like the Ned, as you say, from New Zealand, which is a late harvest Sauvignon Blanc, The these dessert wines tend to be a little bit lighter, more easy to drink, very approachable. And again, you're only drinking like a 70 or 80 mil of this. It's a, very, a third of a normal glass of wine is the standard measure for dessert wine, and you'll only drink one of them. So they work really well with with sweet dishes, with anything with fruit compo or anything like that. and They work really, really well, and they're lovely. They come in half bottles because you're going to get you get ten uh, portions out of a half bottle, you know. So it's it's just lovely, and it gives a great end to a meal, you know. It, it's plus it cuts people off, you know. Especially if you have guests and if you have red wine and it's going going well, it gives you a nice finish to a meal, and opposed to having to keep going with something that you. You may not uh, may have watched it, so I think it works really well. They're not overly expensive. Plus, they're just interesting. You know, it just makes the whole thing much more um, thought put into it. And I think that's that's good.
0: And what sort of glass do you serve that in? Is it a normal wine glass or a sherry glass? What do you recommend?
1: Yeah, there's a sherry schooner glass, you know, which is a double sherry glass. If you know the one, and they tend to be a nice tulip one if you can get it. They're really really nice. Um, and then you fill them about three about quarters full uh, and that's the, the portion of, of that you serve for dessert wine um, chilled of course it, the dessert wine is chilled but not overly chilled it's not like white wine you wouldn't have it take it out of the fridge uh, for maybe a half an hour or 45 minutes before you serve it just to get maybe served at like 9 or 10 degrees is perfect because if it's too cold you can't taste anything so it's important that you are to taste this because it's full of, of syrupy honey flavours it's beautiful absolutely
0: and speaking of glassware then, I mean, it can really add to the table if you have the red wine glass, the white wine glass, the water glass. And then in terms of a Prosecco stroke champagne glass, that seems to have changed a bit and evolved over the year from that. It used to be like many years ago, I suppose. It was, mm-hmm. was it a cook type glass?
1: Yeah, there was a saucer, you know, that, that people would have used in the past. Uh, now, they look great, uh, but they're not at all practical because there's too much surface space. And when you have too much surface space, you lose bubble because the, you can see when you look at a glass of champagne, you can see the 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 carbonation going out through the top of the 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 liquid. So the more space you have, the more bubbles that released, and the quicker that happens. So it's much nicer to have a tall tulip um, glass. Now that we talked about this before, uh, they need to be spotless, absolutely spotless, um, and no detergent used when cleaning them. The same way you treat a Guinness glass if you were a Guinness connoisseur in a pub. Um, they be cleaned with hot water, polished, pure dry, um, and that's the best way to serve champagne. And no no chilling them, no putting them into a freezer, because what happens is condensation gets onto the glass and it's slightly frozen and it kills the bubble when it goes into it. It's nice, clean, dry champagne glasses.
0: Yeah, it's interesting what you're saying there about the temperatures of wine. Some people like it really ice cold, which means then you aren't getting any flavour from it.
1: You know, listen. If if you're looking at a fairly reasonably priced product um, that you've got from somebody, or you've maybe got yourself or whatever it is, you can chill that as much as you want, really, because that's that's it, the colder the better. But if you're getting, if you're paying up on the, you know, fourteen to twenty plus euros for a bottle of wine it's a shame to have it too cold because it just it, it dulls all the flavour so it's important just to have it nice now we're very used to drinking cold wine um, because our refrigeration at home is really cold um, so it's people's taste really uh, no one will ever give out to you when you give them a glass of wine and say that's too cold now but you will know when you hand it glass to somebody that's not cold enough you can tell by their face when they they, they take a drink that they don't think it is but again it's it's all about taste you know and if you leave a bottle on a table, it can be left on a table for few minutes without getting back into a fridge again, it's fine.
0: And what's your view on these stemless glasses that are are <laughs> quite in vogue then?
1: They are, yeah. You see them quite a lot and you see them on, on social media quite a lot. I'm not a big fan. Um, uh, they're not, the idea of wine now is the nicest thing and if you sit down at a table and you're 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 sipping away you spend a lot of time swirling the wine around the glass you catch it by the stem and you can see it better you can hold it up and look at the color of the liquid that's there you just can't do that with those other ones because your hand tends to cover all what's in them uh, just to pick them up so I'm not a fan but they're, they look really nice and they're really expensive uh, so there people pay a lot of money for them um, but on like a table setting when you look at a table that has nice tall stem glasses I think it's very hard to beat that really
0: and as well as that, with those stemless glasses, you don't know, you know, you might get away with it for red, but for white, then you're, you're adding more heat to the white wine.
1: Of course, yeah, yeah, from your hands, uh, like, because it, you know, yourself, if you had a bottle of red left somewhere and you've opened it up and it's a bit cold, uh, that um, if you hold it, if you cup it in your... Hands, two hands, two pounds of your hands for three or four minutes, it'll take the temperature up significantly. In it. Um so yes, absolutely, you're losing you're losing valuable temperature all the time by having that. So that's why the stem was there originally. So listen, it's worked for the last seven or eight hundred years. So why why change it? But they look lovely. They look really nice. So they but not that practical.
0: And let's talk about gifting then and wines to gift to people because obviously everybody has different tastes. Mm. You might not know are they a drinker? Um, you might not know if they're a red or a wine or even spirits. So you have a few recommendations from the warehouse there.
1: Yes, well, what we found and we found this over the last number of years is that, you know, traditionally companies in particular would have bought, you know, whiskey, Irish whiskey, would have bought maybe 50, 60 bottles of it and handed it out to various people that would have come in or customers or whatever it would have been. But what they found was that whiskey is quite expensive. Um, and people don't have a lot of of, um, of mass on it, you know, really when they get it. Um, a lot of the time I was talking to a guy a couple of years ago and he said, I was giving out large quantities of whiskey and brandy. And he said, I went into a, an office of a purchasing manager that we were dealing with and he opened up his drawer and uh, he had about 10 bottles and the final cabinet about 10 bottles of whiskey in it from the various years before he had no idea who gave them to him and cared less so at this stage he was handing out wine which i do two packs and three packs and single bottles whatever budget you want really but he said when he gave him two bottles of wine in a nice um, wooden box first thing he did is walk out put in the back of his car and bring that home now because that'll that'll go down well and bring that home so that's the difference wine is you know, you're gonna you're gonna use it. Even if you're not a drinker yourself, you can re gift and give it to somebody else, you know, but it's just nice to have it in the house and um, you know yourself that it's nice to get something a little bit different. The products we have are not available in any shops, so they're restaurant products only. Um so that it's great because what you're giving out people may not necessarily know whether it's eleven euros or twenty euros or whatever it is. And I think that's nice. Um and that they... Like we have over 500 products here, so we can really tailor it to anything you want. So we have wooden boxes that go one bottle, two bottle, three, four, six, 12, whatever you want, mixture in it. Um, And then we have beautiful cardboard presentation boxes in two bottles and four bottles and six. They work really well. Um, And again, they're just nice. And uh, everyone seems to like them when they get them. So they go very well.
0: Yeah, I think it's nice and it's also handy and nice to have a few bottles on standby that you haven't maybe bought specifically for somebody but you might be going somewhere and it's nice to pull out the good bottle um of wine. Like my my parents would have a very good friend who would have been would have worked in that world a number of years ago. So any wines that come in to mom and dad's house They'd put his initials on that bottle to make sure that they don't give it on to anybody else that they have it <laughs> to enjoy themselves because they know it's good wine.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, uh, a funny thing I was, uh, I was uh, there was a company in Dublin that was doing a lot of gift packaging and, and stuff, and they made a bit of mis- mistake a few years ago where they started um, um, putting a particular sticker on the back of the bottles to say, you know, that this is a gift and whatever it was, um, and unfortunately what happened was a lot of people re-gift them you know so the, the problem was that it was a gift from say company x was buying it for their customers and they'd put a personalized sticker in the back saying this is company x but unfortunately people didn't even look at the box and just handed it on to somebody else but so it was that uh, when we really care for that we don't do that at all we make no reference at all to so what's on them uh which makes them an ideal thing because listen you might get if you get six or eight bottles of wine in the box you know Three of them might be to your tastes, it's perfect if you can give a bottle to somebody. It's a wonderful gift. My mother-in-law has probably half a dozen bottles that she doesn't drink wine at all, and she has a half dozen bottles anytime for people who walk her dog or whatever they do for her. You know, it's it's uh, and it's great. It's lovely. People love it. So why not?
0: And then I must ask you about the the forestal house. You don't eat turkey on Christmas Day. You <laughs> is it beef that you have? So you have a nice uh, red wine to go with it.
1: Yes, uh, yes, uh, we we haven't had turkey in years. Um, it's that's what happens when when your kids get older and um, you can't cajole them into, into into eating what you want them to eat anymore. Uh, but no, we have beef. Uh, my wife Bernie doesn't eat meat at all. Um, so yeah, we have a we have a roast for the beef. It's lovely. it Doesn't take much time. Uh, there's not enough an preparation, and it's it's super. Love it. Yeah, no, and then we generally we head to somebody else's house the following day and, and there's probably turkey lying around somewhere if we need a, a fix to that at some point uh so yeah it works very well red wine is great for that then you know it's with glass but again i don't have glass i wouldn't have any more than that because it's a it's a long evening and it's nice to sit down later on and, and uh, still be awake if you can
0: absolutely yeah Well listen, thanks a million for coming on this evening to tell us all about your wine recommendations and for anybody that wants to get in touch with you, maybe to put an order in, where's the best place for them to go to?
1: Oh, just give me a call or send a message on social media, whatever whatever is easiest for you. Um we deliver every day virtually now in the month of December. It's it's a it's a great month for us, really, really busy. People are really great. Like we have um, you know, lots and lots of customers who come back every year. And uh, it's great, and we're trying to get them early this year because December is quite a sharp month. This year, it kind of falls really oddly, and um, there's only three weekends left, you know, at this point. So it is, it is a, it is a really short run. in uh, but Christmas is looking, looking really good. People are making a huge effort for Christmas. Um, I'd imagine it'd be a lot quieter after Christmas this year than normal, but uh, we're expecting the season to be very good.
0: Well, listen, give my best to Bernie and the children. And thanks again for talking to us this evening. Thanks, Sharon. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan. And just before the break, I was talking to Ron Forrestal from Forrestal Wine Merchants who shared his Christmas wine and gift recommendations. And just to highlight that it is important to drink responsibly and to visit drinkaware.ie if you need support. If you're just tuning in now and you've missed that, you might want to catch the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. And the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. Now, my next guest on the programme this evening appeared a few times in the past in her Taste of Dublin role. Avril Bannerton is on the line now to tell us about a very special festive extravaganza, Christmas in the Courtyard. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Avril, you're very welcome to the programme. You're a big events guru, I should say. We met in your taste of Dublin life, but you have a very exciting event on this Christmas and it's Christmas in the courtyard. Before we talk in detail about all the, the fabulous food and drink that is a huge part of it, just tell me where the idea came from and how it all came to life.
2: Yeah, um, I suppose really where the idea came from, uh, Sharon, was very much, I suppose, my experience of hosting events, sort of, especially probably taste over over the last number of years, and I felt it was certainly an opportunity to create a beautiful indoor collaboration of of experiences, and from that, um, I'd always had my eye on the beautiful Courtyard in the Royal Hospital Canain, and I always felt it was huge potential, and we'd obviously engaged with them on a number of occasions sort of re-opportunities and then this year for the first time they um, came to us and they said look we can actually accommodate a lot more people which meant that you know I suppose really an event concept was a lot more viable so technically um, what we did was we built a beautiful orange orangery um, which took about 15 days to build it's stunning it was actually featured at the Irish Open but the concept was to very much create a whole art of dining food and um, drinks experiences in that venue um, over the over the course of the period of time. So the, the vision was very much, I suppose, something beautiful, iconic, indoor, um, which gave people, I suppose, an opportunity, especially around the Christmas party space, um, which is an area that I'm very familiar with because that was sort of where I started out in the uh, in the late nineties. Um, I would have done a lot of the Christmas party experiences, in, and I created them in the in the yes. And I just felt that there was a huge niche for companies to, I suppose, just go out and really, really, you know, I suppose, engage and do something really different this year, which is obviously proven to be very, very popular. But people are looking for something a little bit more than your standard Christmas party. They want something elevated. So on the back of that, uh, that's where the idea came from. And then I'd been working with the beautiful Danny on uh, other projects. And um, I had a chat with her and I said, look at, you know, would you mind designing, you know, a really, really um, nice menu? And I gave her an indication of what I was looking at. And I wanted something along the lines of a tasting experience. So we came up with the beautiful Christmas in the Courtyard menu. Um, which obviously starts with partridge in a pear tree and then it goes on to um, a winter wonderland, which is, you know, beautiful forest mushrooms, you know, over pine and Irish truffle. And then the main course is triducan tree bird roast, which is a combination, I suppose, of turkey, duck and chicken. So we were really just trying to sort of, you know, um, focus on all tastes. And then we decided that we would obviously engage with the lovely Bridget O'Hora, who's our wine expert, and she created some lovely tasting wines to go with the six course tasting. So, and then we obviously decided to have a little bit of fun with the ice cream. So we've got our liquid nitrogen ice cream bar, and Danny designed a beautiful um, Christmas pudding flavored um, ice cream, which is absolutely gorgeous. And um, we have a lovely crème brûlée as well there as well. So it's just been a lot of fun. Obviously, it's interesting. there's something for everybody, which is really, really lovely. And um, obviously we also suit and f- we, suit, we cater for all of the different dietary requirements as well. But the concept is back down to look at experiential. Everyone loves food and drink. They love being in the beautiful, stunning venue. And we don't have the, the worry of the weather, which is <laughs> um, obviously one that every festival organiser sort of has when it comes to experience. So this runs over a month. And it's an indoor, I suppose, set of um, Christmas festival food and wine experiences throughout that period
0: of time. Well, I, I tell you, it's a far cry from the olden days whenever I would have been in a hotel function room and they threw <clears> the turkey and ham out to you. And you're talking there about the experiential, I think, After the past couple of years, we're looking for that even more. And it's not a marquee. It's all glass. As you said, it was used at the Irish Open whenever it was here in West Limerick in a different mm. manner and at a, fair, a very famous Irish golfer's wedding also the glass really lends itself so much to the whole ambiance because especially at night when it's dark and if it's a yeah. clear night you can see the stars
2: absolutely you can absolutely see the stars and you can see the stunning you know the, the beautiful you know sort of even the clock tower in, in the in the historic courtyard I and mean, it's just so beautiful so you feel like you're dining outdoors when you're not, you're dining indoors. But the structure really lends itself to the courtyard. I mean, it's, it, it's really, really, really beautiful, I have to say. And, yeah, it just leads for, you know, a really lovely experience and just something that's, that's quite unique. So, yeah, so it's um, you'll have to come up now and try it, <laughs> as I always say. Um, we have a number of lunches happening uh, as well. So we decided to host some lunches on the back of some of nights being so popular. So, yeah, we've created a number of different events.
0: And for anybody that might be saying, God, it'd be wild cold in an oil marquee at this time of the year, it's all fully heated. I think it's important to highlight that.
2: It's it's full it's fully heated. Absolutely, it's fully heated. And in fact, it was, you know, on Thursday and Friday we had our we'd Three actually, we had four events there over the weekend, and it was actually you know at times too warm. Um, we just switched the heat off, so you know it's it's which is a really really good sign. No, it's it's totally insulated and um, and heated, which is really makes for a really comfortable you know setting.
0: So anybody that's wanting to pull out that sequin vest top, that's the place to to wear it. to. <laughs> you'll be nice and toasty. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's very much, a, you know, I think it's a, it's a beautiful pop-up sort of winter restaurant. That's probably the best way of descri- describing it, you know, in the most stunning venue with a beautiful option on, um, you know, your six-course tasting menu or you can have a four-course during, during lunchtime. So, you know, there's something there for everybody, but definitely a lot of, you know, it's, again if people wanted to even, you know, pop up in the train, we're right beside Houston Station. It's just across the road. Literally, it's a three-minute walk into the Royal Hospital or, you know, people may be living, um, you know, sort of, if they're coming from Limerick, Sharon, they can always basically um, take, uh, drive up and maybe sort of take the Lewis from even the right cow in, you know, that comes directly into the Royal Hospital of it's sort of something, it's a nice treat to do. If you're in Dublin for the day, you know, pop in have your lunch and then you know go off and do your shopping whatever. So there there is something there for everybody.
0: And you mentioned Danny it's chef Danny Barry who's a Michelin star chef. She's from mm-hmm. from the north um originally and you know tastes have moved with the times we have more vegetarians and vegans. And that's all something that you can cater for, um, whenever you know in advance that they're they're going to be there.
2: We just need to know what the dietary requests are in advance, and then we we ensure that that's all in place. And again, the wine pairing is optional as well, so people don't necessarily have to, because not everybody drinks. You know, so we have lovely sort of, um, we have beautiful non-alcoholic cocktails as well. You know, for people that want to, or obviously you can have, you know, just a. Um, you don't have to have anything like that. You can just stick with plain old water, tea, and coffee. We have our lovely brista bar, um, if you want to have a really nice coffee experience. So yeah, you so look, it's just really, really special. I mean. One of the nights I just had to sit down actually after working and I had the cheese plate and I was just sitting with my glass of wine. I thought, like, wow, this is just so, so, so beautiful. And, um, you know, it, whether it's, you know, with our lunches, we probably have about 120 people in the room or you need to go to dinner and have maybe up to 500 in the room. It doesn't feel like that. It just it it feels really, really special.
0: So tell us about some of the bands because I know Spring Break is playing and I've heard them at Taste of Dublin and they're just you just cannot sit in your chair and listen to Spring Break. You have to get up no. and boogie.
2: They're so interactive and you know look at it, it's all seventies, eighties, nineties, so it's great fun and they're just so engaging. So you know Spring Break uh, have a huge. Following, But it's again, it's lovely to, as I said, you've worked with them across lots of festivals, but it's lovely to see, you know, people come along here and they um, get to enjoy the Victory Girls or the Runaways performing um, before, whilst they're on their main course. Um, then we have a lovely um, piano man who's obviously sort of engaging with the audience and playing lovely festive tunes throughout dinner. And then, of course, spring break, come on, and then followed by and you know, all hell, breakthroughs. <laughs> and people just get up and party. So, But again, if you don't want to do that, you can always go out to the bar and have a drink. Um, so, and then we have a number of different, I suppose, just different band experiences. And um, over the course of the, of the period, so, as I said to you, the Victory girl victory dolls and the art of dining are the runaways it depends on which night but all of the lunch experiences so we have a lunch experience on the second uh friday the second and we have lunch experience on the the ninth the two fridays and they come with the swing cats and the victory dolls and piano man and then on the 11th then we have a lovely lunch which is one o'clock until seven o'clock check-in and that's with the Swing Cats and the Runaways so something as and that's a four course dining menu so and then we have events that are just again nope there's just a gourmet festive pizza and a glass of wine and that's um The that's for the queen and gossip choir experience which is coming up this wednesday coming they're in for one night and that's actually almost sold out now and that's just served up with gourmet pizza and a beautiful matching wine as well which is lovely um so yeah there's and then there's bites and beats with kwanji khan and marcus o'leary on the saturday the 10th so they're doing a really nice cool afternoon and then we obviously have some drag happening next saturday actually for drag brunch so yeah we've we've again i suppose really what we've done is we've created something for that's creating a lot of fun um around the dining experiences as well so and we've even had our festive bingo loco there last saturday night so we're we're tapping into sort of all markets and then we have james kavanagh doing a really really nice carbini twist on the menu on the four course menu and that's going to happen on Sunday the 18th and that's the four course and he's creating a lovely festive wild berry um, sorbet for dessert and a lovely um, sort of starter and then he's also doing a really nice cocktail and obviously alongside the curbeni bread as well so that'll be an interesting one so James as you know he's He's always very, very exciting and he's good fun as well. So I'm really looking forward to attending actually, you know, all of those to try them out. And then we have Pippa's lunch. Pippa's hosting a lunch next Sunday and she's doing her girls' day out lunch, So that should be very glamorous. <laughs> We've been looking to see what all the trendsetters are actually wearing. And um, they are going for a full, um, they have a six-course tasting lunch and they run from two o'clock until, until eight o'clock at night. So yeah, as I said to you, this is the first of hopefully um, many years that this event will run. We've twenty five different dining and and entertainment experiences over that period of time, starting at twenty five euros. So, for example, the Queen and the Gospel Choir experience is only twenty five euros. That's excluding food, and the um the Christmas parties go right up to you know one hundred and fifty five, subject to the night that you're you're doing you're attending. So, yeah, something for everybody at this year's event and um yeah danny's done an amazing job
0: and just listening to you avril your passion definitely lies in curating all the experiences and collaborating with various different people and and putting everything together you just love doing it
2: yeah i love i love merging i suppose really fun fun and fun and food because i think at the end of the day you know everybody loves really good food but they like having a twist on something and i think really you know um Especially with COVID, there's been like lots of different, I suppose, opportunities where people have taken that extra mile, like James, for instance, you know, who's now sort of created his whole Kerbini recipe book, you know, and again, you and I have worked Alongside a lot of these guys over the years. I mean, we were looking to do, hopefully, we were looking to do um, an afternoon tea with, with the cupcake folk, but not this year, but we will certainly hopefully do it next year. So it's it's really sort of tapping into those guys that actually they're really talented. And Kwanji is a really good example. So can you imagine Quanji and Marcus, Marcus, you know, belling out all the tunes and Kwanji doing his really lovely dumpling menu um, on a Saturday afternoon, you know, no better place to be. So that's only 15 euros, actually. I said tickets were stretching for 25. But uh, that's actually 15 euros, so that's really good value. You come I in, you, you get your beer or your cocktail, you get your dumplings, and then you have a full afternoon of texts of, um, with Marcus and a bit of crack. But, yeah, as you said, collaborating and always looking at what's around corners, I suppose, just to see where the trends lie. And um, even our, our cheese plate is, you know, it's getting really lovely reviews. People love it. You know, there's a lovely mulled um, plum sauce on that with fig and almond cake, which is really, really spectacular. It's really lovely. And then they, the fun aspect of the, the nitrogen ice cream, you know, it just, it's a bit of theatre. And, um, yeah, a bit of fun and simple.
0: I was delighted to hear you saying that you sat down and you had a glass of wine and you soaked it all up the atmosphere and you looked around basically at what you've accomplished and what you've achieved and what you've created. And I think everybody should note that and take a leaf out of your book over this festive period, no matter what you're doing, hopefully up in Dublin at Christmas in the courtyard. But if you're at something else, is to sit down and really savour that glass of wine or whatever it is you're drinking. We have to be so grateful that we are out of the past two years. And this year, we don't need any reasons to, to celebrate. We're totally entitled to it this year.
2: That's it. And, and what's lovely, it's to see people coming out, you know, they're sort of coming out in all their sparkles. So just making such an effort dress up i have to say that you know i i was really taken back everyone is just getting into this as you said it's people are really really appreciating the fun and experiential side of things now and you know they're they're out to have a good time and yeah life's for living isn't it and having all that fun and you know that's why if 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 somebody's coming to Dublin try and get in at least maybe for for one of the lunches or you know try and make your way up but definitely look we'll be back next year and hopefully for longer um the intention is to run for about five, six weeks next year. This year we're running for four. So there'll be something. We'll be maybe having a chat with you, Sharon, <laughs> to bring a, a, taste of, a taste of Limerick to 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 Dublin, you know, so.
0: Fantastic. Well, listen, congratulations on creating such a wonderful Christmas culinary experience. I would imagine that if anybody <laughs> listening wants to go, they should book sooner rather than later. So where's the best place for them to go to?
2: Christmasinthecourtchart.ie, to the website and they will see everything on the website and info for bookings it's info at christmasinthecourtyard.ie
0: and you've some great images and videos there on your instagram as well avril if anybody wants to go on to it just to to see the videos of the construction of the marquee and everything it's just really spellbinding
2: well it was 15 um i mean you're looking at 18 man hours of construction and they all eat it. I suppose as you said, beautiful orangery. And yeah, it's not like it's not a marquee. It's it's just it feels like it's part of the courtyard. That's how beautiful it actually is. You know, it doesn't feel like you're going into something and um, that's just been built, which is which is really amazing. And each each glass of panel had to be manhandled. You know, so um, you can imagine. Yeah, and it's just again when when you go in, it's beautifully decorated. I mean, it's just very very tasteful and lends itself to both lunchtime and, and nighttime
0: fantastic well listen thanks again for talking to us all about it this evening thank you bye-bye you're listening to the best possible taste on west limerick 102 fm Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break I was talking to Avril Bannerton about the festive of extravaganza that is Christmas in the courtyard. And earlier on in the programme we heard from Ron Forrestal from Forrestal Wine Merchants who shared his Christmas wine and gift recommendations. If you're just tuning in now and you've missed all of that you might want to catch The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am and the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app and that brings us to the end of tonight's program thanks a million to my guests Ron Forrestal and Avril Bannerton and my thanks to you also for tuning in until next week bon appétit